Welcome, listeners, to another edition of Kaiju Transmissions. Um, This is where we explore giant monsters and Japanese fantasy. So, if you are a new listener, I'm Bird, and with me is Matt. Hey, everybody. And we're joined by a special guest who is no stranger to the podcasting world. You might know him from the now-defunct, or perhaps on hiatus, who knows, uh, second-run podcast. Uh, and you have I'm sure if you are familiar with us, you've heard him on my other show, If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It. He's been on there multiple times. Um, and the also-on-hiatus, Movie Wars, we have with us Jelly. Yay! Hey, how you doing, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast world. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, I don't know. Second run might be might be donezo, but uh, if it comes and if it comes back, it'll be a different it'll show. It'll be something else. Yeah, yeah. The the whole if you if if you've listened or if you haven't listened to it, I guess because if you listen to it, you know. Um, we basically tried to do like a month's worth of you know new DVD Blu-ray releases plus some old movies plus some other. It was just it was too much every month, and I really got like uh, worn down doing it. And and not like that, I got tired, but I just I didn't enjoy watching movies anymore because I felt like I had to do it. Uh, so. Yeah, something. If it comes back, something different will come of it. Well, I'm sure everyone out there in podcast land will look forward to whatever you have next. Um, I, I will say that I've got something finally started. I don't know when you're going to end up seeing it, um, but I've got something started. All right. Well, Final. there you go. Well, keep us updated, and, and we'll be sure to keep the people updated. Um, now, But I'm uh, glad to be on here. Yeah. Very glad. Yeah. And it is the month of October. Well, right now it's not, but it will be by the time people hear this. Now, if there's one thing I love about October, it's the Halloween season, which means horror movies, because I'm a horror guy, for people who may not know know that. Um, and so, uh, also on my other show, If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, uh, during October, I uh, I like to watch a lot of horror movies, and so we usually do horror-themed episodes in there, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to be doing uh, here as well. Um, so, uh, when you guys think, okay, Halloween horror movies, what are some what what are some characters or movies you think of uh, right off the bat? The thing. Um, <laughs> Halloween, uh, Jason, or do you mean in the vein of this show? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you're supposed to talk about. You're supposed to say the classic monsters. Oh, like uh, oh, the Dracula. Wolfman, Dracula. <laughs> there we go. Like like Dracula, <laughs> Frankenstein. You know that that that's where I was trying to go with this. Well, you didn't lay that out for us, Bert. Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> These are all valid answers to the question. It's just not How- quite... Not... Halloween 6. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody thinks of that. Oh. AMC does, because they play it like 100 times every October. <laughs> Jason goes to hell. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, well, anyway... So let me let me ask you guys a question here. Did you know that Toho, uh, uh, the 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 pioneers of Japanese monster movies, I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard. They you know they they did some Frankenstein stuff, right? I didn't know that. Yes. Well, did you know this? They also did some Dracula stuff. Not a lot of people know that. Is this the part where I say, oh, I didn't know that, even though I prepared for it? <laughs> I didn't know until I had to prepare for the show. Well, okay, that that counts, okay? I'll take it. 
I actually think I I think I might have heard about the Toho Dracula movies from you the first time. You might have mentioned them on your If It Bleeds Hammer episode. I probably did because they are very Hammer esque, indeed. Um. So, uh, there there is no gigantic Draculas or vampires in this. Unfortunately, I know, right? Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that'd be great. It's not too late. Maybe someone will do it. <laughs> wink, wink. Someone, someone listening might do that, and it'll be all because <laughs> us. <clears throat> um, but it's uh, that isn't to say that um, I, I think it's eligible for the podcast because you know, uh, a Toho monster movies. Uh, there's plenty of great ones that you know monsters don't happen to be so giant. Uh, and also a lot of familiar um, people behind the scenes. All three movies were written by uh, Ayogawa, who wrote the um, the movie Yog, which we talked about, and uh, some other stuff for Toho. And uh, they were produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka and director of special effects, Teriyoshi Nakano. And then I think these were some of the first movies he was in charge of the effects for. Um and of course, everyone's favorite composer, Richiro Manabe, who did. Um, I know you, both of you in particular, have told <laughs> me that the scores for Godzilla vs. Hedera and Godzilla vs. Megalon are your favorite Godzilla scores, right? Can we add like boo sounds to the podcast right here? Because like <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, they're not that bad. Right? Uh, they're the worst. Besides, they're, they're besides my least Godzilla. I would, I would rather listen to Keith Emerson's uh, Final War score. Damn, that is cold. Cold-blooded. <laughs> Man, why, why you, why you got to be saying things about dead people? Although that's not even a big leap for me because I actually like parts of that score quite a bit. Yeah, it does have some good stuff in there. Um, so... Uh, Lake of Dracula, or, well, I guess I'll go in order. Vampire Doll uh, was 1970. The second one was Lake of Dracula, which is 1971. And then they waited a couple years, and in 1974, there was Evil of Dracula. Um, all directed by a man named Michio Yamamoto, who, um, looking through his filmography, really didn't direct a whole lot of films. Um... And, uh, <clears throat> I think he passed away not too long ago. Um, yeah, passed away in 2004. Um, regardless, um, I'm sure we'll get into, I guess, his style. Um, and I guess, I, these are, these are movies that are relatively obscure and, uh, really not a, much has been written about them in English, and that, I mean, that goes any, like, books, G-Fan magazines, there's not a whole lot of info out here, um, for us English speakers, um, but from the small amount of research I was able to do, um, from what I understand, Yamamoto, um, the director, uh, uh the story goes he was at a rap party for... Uh, some movie I don't don't know what, and um, he started a conversation with Fumio Tanaka, who was a producer at Toho. I don't think he has any relation to Tomoyuki Tanaka, um, but maybe. And he was talking about um, you know, the movies he won. He said he wanted to make suspense movies, and he was thinking more along the lines of like uh. Hitchcock movies or like the birds or something like that and for some reason they they started assigning him horror movies and I guess Fumio Tanaka really liked Dracula and he was like we should we should do some Dracula movies and at first he said you know he didn't really think that was a he didn't really think you could do a Japanese Dracula because that's kind of strange and I mean everyone knows Dracula is not a Japanese character whatsoever and um, he thought that would be really kind of hard to bring to Japan, especially since at the time Hammer was big 
And um, he was like, you know, we already have Terrence Fisher making these great movies in the UK. He was like, you know, I can't really do any better. But um, he he still gave it a shot. And um, <laughs> thus we have the Toho Dracula films. Um, and uh, I guess, well, we were joking before we started recording that they're, <laughs> they're not really Dracula movies. <laughs> the only one that specifically references Dracula tells you that <laughs> Dracula's not in it. They, <laughs> they say, you know, there was a I mean, we'll we'll talk more about the plot, but they pretty much say there was a there was a vampire named Dracula, but this ain't him. <laughs> so um so yeah, they're they're a little more on the obscure side, which is kind of why I want to talk about it the most. I mean, I, I'm me and a friend of mine, the goat, if you know, hillbilly DVD reviews, we were talking about how we get these podcasts going and, you know, we talk about the big stuff cause it's what people want to hear, but we want to talk about the obscure stuff. So, I mean, some people would rather us talk about Godzilla versus, uh, mega Gearus or whatever for like the hundredth time. But, Hopefully people want to hear about some things that are a little more under the radar. Oh, anyway, so 1970 gave us Vampire Doll, um, which uh, is very reminiscent of not only the Hammer movies, but also like um, like the, some of the Italian stuff, like uh, Mario Bava movies. Um, and it's kind of a pretty standard hot boiler plot um about a girl looking for uh her brother who has gone missing after trying to visit his fiance who he finds out is dead and then he goes missing and um her his sister and her boyfriend uh go to the house and try and figure out where everyone is and it you know they end up getting wrapped up in a weird mystery and they find that uh it's all due to uh a I, well she's not she's a vampire but she's not like the vampire that you think <laughs> of when you think of vampires um base, but but basically um our main character's brother has been killed by his girlfriend who was i i spoiler maybe because <laughs> it's hard to talk because like it's one of those movies is a mystery and then the last 10 minutes everything is revealed um and it, i mean we're a monster podcast so in order to talk about the monster we kind of have to give away a little bit but the vampire doll so to speak is is this man's sister who um just before the moment of death was hypnotized and for some reason that turned her into a vampire <laughs> who who just goes out at night and just kills things, whether it's birds or rabbits or people, kills things and drinks their blood uh, because it was the only way to save her. Um, and re what, remember when I said it rem it's also a little bit Italian? That's m also because kind of in all three of these, it's... There, these are movies that are very reliant on mood and visuals and set pieces, and they're not. They operate on kind of a dream logic, like a lot of Italian horror films, like you know the Argentos and the Fulci's and the Bavas. So, I, I mean, it, it doesn't make too much sense, but um, no. <laughs> uh, I'd actually. There's a moment, <laughs> and I don't know if we, maybe I'm jumping ahead of things here, but there's a moment, and it, it's my, just my favorite moment of the movie where. He digs up the the grave, uh, and it's there's like a there's a doll in the casket, and he's like a doll, just as I suspected. <laughs> Why did he think there would be? I mean, it's one thing to because he he's he kind of assumes that she's not in the grave that she's been resurrected somehow, and for some reason he 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 thinks that there's gonna be a dummy in there. I mean, even if you think that there's not going to be a corpse in there... Why put a doll? 
why put well if you're gonna do that why put anything in there because the only people that are gonna see it are people that are gonna discover that there's no body there <laughs> and then the gravedigger that he's with like loses his shit and immediately like runs off and get dies <laughs> yeah, and gets killed <laughs> gets stabbed in the throat <laughs> um now uh the three of these this handful of, of vampire movies I'd only seen maybe once or twice, and then I just rewatched them. So even I'm kind of coming at these as more of a novice. But the two of you, uh, this is your first time watching any of these. So I mean, so the first movie, what like what what were your impressions? I I, I liked it. I mean, it was it wasn't like a terrible film. Um, I enjoyed it. Also, it was cool to see. The, the general from the uh, Heisei Godzilla series make an appearance. Like, I wasn't expecting to see some of the actors. Like, yeah. throughout this series, you see some, some some faces that appear in the Godzilla series. So, for me, that was kind of refreshing. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay, I know we, the Yeah, we hey, should I mention that. that. I mean, I, I talked a little bit about the people behind the scenes that, um, you know, brought us these as well as all the kaiju movies. But, yeah, there's a lot of actors. Um, you're referring to Akira Nakayo and um Nakeo perhaps and yeah he was the general in all the Heisei movies and I think he was in I know he was in both Mecha Godz- Godzilla's yeah. um yep. and Final Wars as well yep um but yeah and he's really young in this too like I don't know if I didn't know that already I don't know if I would have recognized him cuz he's probably like I don't know he's got to be in his like 20s or something I also thought Manabe's score was pretty good. I, in I this one, in this this first one, for sure. Yeah, like, it, it didn't, I don't know, like, legitimately, his score in Megalon and uh, Hedorah gave me, it gave me a headache. Like, Godzilla's <laughs> theme gives me a freaking headache every time I hear it. But in this in this movie, the, it was very creepy, and it, it did a great job of setting the mood. I thought it was appropriate. So, like, I, you know... But I was reading as as we're talking. I'm going through and I'm reading kind of like a review of other people. And one of the the uh, the review says that Manabe has a dubious uh, title of being Toho's worst composer, and that kind of made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I don't know because uh, maybe his style just suits something like a horror movies more than something like Godzilla. Because because um, yeah, it's like it's kind of like it's it's like jazzy. Um, and flutey. I don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, flutey. It's it's like jazz flute. <laughs> <laughs> jazz. Um, who else is in this? Um, the guy. Uh, forget the actor's name, but the guy that played the Interpol spy in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla shows up in the the next two movies. Yeah, Nam- Nambara. I can't remember the uh, actual actor's name. Um, and then vamp the vampire doll. It's like uh oh man, it's um. Hang up, I'm, hang on. It's Shin Kushida. (laughs) (laughs) Shin Kushida is the guy. I told you. Um, And the, the, but this movie also has, um, the vampire doll is uh, an actress named Yukiko Kobayashi, who was in uh, a few movies. She was in Destroy All Monsters. She was the girl that got her earrings (laughs) ripped out. Uh, oh. she was in, I actually recognize her in the, okay. Yeah, she was in uh, Yogg as the, like, the native girl. So there's some familiar faces, um, which, and, God, I don't know what, what was, what's going, what was going on, but, like, I mean, I always thought she was, like, kind of cute, but she's hot as a vampire. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't know, I don't know if it's, like, the weird yellow eyes or what, but, but, uh, it was a good look for her. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say for, for me, it's weird. This is like one of those situations where um, I'll, if I ever rewatch these, which I don't know, because, you know, like you said, they're not easy to, to track down. Um, but if I ever rewatch them, I'll probably like this better, knowing what to expect. But. And you gave me like some of the heads up, like you know, like oh, Dracula's not even in it. Um, but, <laughs> um, I was expecting 
more Japanese. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was expecting a a Japanese riff on a vampire movie, and mm-hmm. so to have a more Japanese flavor to it, and it's it's really more like um, just just like Hammer Horror, and uh, it, it doesn't. It's not even like oh Hammer Horror through a Japanese lens. Like no, it's just Hammer Horror with Japanese actors. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty much a Hammer movie in Japanese. Um, and I well, I mean, I I think that's also talking about how the director. Like, you know, he was really saying, like, I I mean, I, I like the Hammer stuff. I don't know. I don't know how well you can bring this kind of mythology over to Japan. So I think probably his best answer to that conundrum was to just emulate the stuff that was already out there. Um, and it doesn't make it bad, but it's just like, you know, if you've seen... I mean, you could say this about all the Hammer, like, Draculas. Like, if you've seen a few of them, you've kind of seen all of them, and... That's not to say they're bad. I mean, you could say the same thing about Godzilla movies, but, but yeah, especially after thinking like how like weird other Japanese interpretations of Western things can get. I mean, Frankenstein probably being the most bizarre. <laughs> um, yeah, you watch these and you're like, oh wow, these are just stand, you, you know, just normal vampire movies. Um, but I will say. Um, uh, they're very atmospheric. Uh, like this movie has a very, it's got a, a nice, rich atmosphere, um, and uh, visually, uh, I think it's it's visually interesting. Uh, and compositions and shots are all done very competently. Um, and let's not forget, um, I won't say when or where or to who, but. A, a good, uh, you know, uh, post '60s vampire movie. You have to have some, some arterial bloodshed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's. Yeah, that is a good moment. Yeah. Um. And uh, but yeah, I mean, this is out of the three. This I would put this one as maybe I would rank this like second. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd give it a three if I was ranking out of five is, is competently made. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's not too different from things that you may have already seen. Right. Yeah. I'm somewhere around a two and a half or a three, uh, coffin dolls out of five. Yeah. Um, it's yeah it's it's competently made it's competently directed um it, one of the problems i have with it and this is this is going to be kind of a theme throughout all three of these is they're they go for the hammer like uh atmosphere but they don't have the big baroque aesthetics and you know the the huge castles and the like over the top set design as much. Yeah, they, they have. Feel, they, they're they a little have more. Like, they have like the mansion. You know. Yeah, and even that like still feels surprisingly claustrophobic once you get on the inside of it. Um, it doesn't have like that you know grand kind of feeling to it as much. Um, see, so yeah, I'm like a two and a half or a three. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm in a complete agreement. I'm probably more on the two and a half side. Um. There's nothing overly special about the film, but it's not um, – there's nothing really bad about it either. Like it's just a, kind of a solid watch. I would definitely go back and revisit it. Um, and I think the ending is kind of awesome <laughs> without giving everything away. Like the ending is just kind of awesome. Well, yeah, so, when when you find out like <laughs> who the girl really is and I mean it, it just kind of – it's just like there's a couple twists like that hit in a row, and you're just like, wait, what? Slow down. <laughs> like, wait a second. We could have portioned those out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, slow down a minute. What's happening? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I am. Um, the vampire itself is probably a little bit more interesting just because, like I said, it's just like a weird version of a vampire. 
Um, but, you know, it, they don't explain too much about anything until the end. Um, and even then, it's still kind of such a, like, like a, a barrage of stuff at once. So you're just kind of like, huh, well, that was a lot. Um, all right, so I think we're all at, like, two and a half, three for this one. Um, oddly enough, we might, uh, have a little bit more to say about the next couple. Um, so, uh, Vampire Doll was actually a big success at the box office, so they immediately asked Yamamoto to make a second movie, which was Lake of Dracula, released in 1971. Uh, oh, I should mention that, um, the Japanese titles, I believe, yeah, the Japanese titles... Uh, I'll start with the bloodthirsty something. So the Japanese title for Vampire Doll was the bloodthirsty doll. Um, the doll is actually a reference to a doll that really has no significance to the plot of Vampire Doll. It's a <laughs> doll that like the guy gave the girl who the one that turned into the vampire and like he he got scared and like dropped it and it broke. Oh. <laughs> and they like find it later. Remember that? It's a reference to that doll. It's not a reference to the doll in the coffin. <laughs> or maybe it, I don't know what the hell it's a reference to. <laughs> so, in 1971 we have The Bloodthirsty Eyes. Which is a Really? Pretty... That's the Japanese name? What's <laughs> <laughs> going on with these names? So we have the, the... the American name for this one's actually a lot better. Yeah, and, and then, uh, but the international title uh, for Western fans, you may know it as The Lake of Dracula. Um, now, I had a weird experience with this because my memory was telling me that this was my favorite of the three. So I don't know if I'm, you know, my tastes have just evolved to move away from whatever it is that appealed to this movie, about this movie to me. Appealed to me about this movie, damn it. I can't talk. Um, Monstered. <laughs> so uh, this one was actually, I think this one might have been my least favorite of the three. We'll go into that uh, a little bit. So, um, and by the way, this trilogy is more or less a thematic trilogy. There's no real continuity from one to the other, you know, aside from maybe actors or, you know, Toho crew. Um this one uh, concerns a girl who keeps having dreams that her dog is running away, um, and she, in this dream, she walks into a mansion, sees a dead woman playing a piano, and a crusty old, sort of white, but kind of not, played by a Japanese guy, and um, uh, around time she's having these recurring nightmares... Um, a guy drops a, a coffin off, like, next door to her or whatever, and, um, her sister, who's also her roommate, starts to get a little more, uh, aggressive towards her, and, uh, it turns out in the, in the box that got delivered, um, is a vampire, and I guess, I guess, like, the handyman or, or something... I think he's a handyman. Yeah, he's a handyman. Um, he's like fallen under the vampire's curse. He's like the the vampire's servant. Um, and uh, so the movie kind of concerns um, the girl's sister um, turning into a vampire, and uh, her and her boyfriend, who is a doctor, trying to make sense of it all get to the bottom of what's going on, and see if they can stop it. Um, and like Vampire Doll, this one is very much, uh, you know, kind of procedural, kind of mystery-type movie, and then, you know, towards the end, you know, more background is given on to why the things that are happening are happening. But we do have the presence throughout the movie, not just at the end, like Vampire Doll, we do have throughout the movie the presence of a vampire played by, as we mentioned, Shin Kishida, who people would probably know the most from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Um, and this is also the only one where Dracula is specifically mentioned, and it's mentioned that um, uh, 
the the vampire in the movie is a like great 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 descendant of Dracula. Um and we later find out that the the man in the house in these dreams uh was his father who was a descendant of Dracula who um like I guess the the old guy's dad moved to Japan and there you go. So technically the Dracula in this is part white. What do you guys think yeah. of that? It's white. These movies <laughs> I love I love how uh you know like Toho's never been averse to to casting white people. Uh but then for some reason uh with this <laughs> there and is. Frank yeah. and Frankenstein they they have moments where they specifically say certain people are white and they are Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> That is kind of odd. And I just, <laughs> yeah, why not just get a white actor and say that it's Dracula? Well, in their defense, he does look pretty white in this movie. <laughs> oh, I get it. I, I don't know. Oh. Um, <laughs> this one, I, at least in my opinion... This one kind of makes the most sense, <laughs> or not the most sense. For crying it's out it's loud. the most coherent, I think. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it's kind of, there's a lot that, I mean, all of these kind of have a lot of, they all kind of go on that dream logic, like the Italians. This one really leaves a lot of things open. Um, like a big thing about her dreams is she keeps seeing these big yellow eyes in the sky which we'll later find out the yellow eyes is a a reference to the vampire's eyes which are glowing yellow but like we never really find out like how that's related to her dream (laughs) or anything um and uh another thing that was weird is like um when they're kind of giving the backstory of the the vampire the the guy that you know dracula's descendant who moved to japan talks about like how he was like trying to get away from all of that and then the guy in the journal of the vampire's father he says like he was not he never became a vampire but like his son was just like became a vampire when he was like 25 and like tried to <laughs> Like kill and and drink a woman's blood. So like, are they saying that in this in this universe, v- vampirism is like genetic, and like it skips a generation? Like, I sort of took and, it to mean more like I don't know what the crap. I don't know what, what that was. What the hell was that? <laughs> was that was that someone watching the Shin Godzilla trailer? Apparently, Matt? apparently Facebook decided to autoplay something. I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I took it to mean that like you could, like the the guy could struggle and sort of curb his vampiric uh, urges more so than like skipping a generation because he explains it more like succumbing to the vampirism as opposed to like not having it himself, hmm. which is why he wanted to get away and like they had that remote cabin in the woods away from people. Yeah. Okay. This does have one of the most ridiculously lengthy vampire deaths <laughs> it, it of does. all time. <laughs> it does. But it's also kind of awesome. I don't know. It, yeah. I, I, I liked it myself. Well, you're you're pretty much just seeing him, like, melt on the floor for, like, five minutes. Which is very reminiscent of the... And, there, and the vampire. five minutes before that is him going, ah, ah. <laughs> But he does that in both movies quite a bit. <laughs> but it, it reminded me a lot of the first Hammer Dracula film. Yeah, way, that, like, yeah. Way, specifically the way that he melts. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and, like, more weird stuff that... So, so uh, the doctor and his girlfriend, you know, are, are two main characters. They They end up going to the house that's in her dreams, and that's when they you know discover this journal with the backstory and everything and they find the vampire's dad, and I guess it turns out that he's like the vampire's pretty much just been keeping him alive in this room just to like 
basically harvest his blood. So he's just like a blood cow at that point. And so, but like when they approach him and like they, he's like passed out on the, on like over a desk sitting down and they like approach him. And like when they like touch his arm, like his like fingers come off for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <awesome. laughs> like, like the skin on his hand, like the skin comes off of his hand and like, there's just like gross, like bloody flat, like fleshy fingers just like stuck to the desks. Like it's like it's almost like the the vampire like super glued his his hand to the desk and like when they tried to pull his arm, it, it, his skin just like came off. It, I don't know what that scene means. I don't know what the 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 yellow eyes have to do with anything. And then there's a part where the doctor is saying, like, you know, all these mysterious deaths and disappearances, they're, they're all around this lake that you live by. And then you're thinking, like, okay, that's why it's called Lake of Dracula. Like, there's maybe it's, like, something spooky and haunted about this lake, but, like, they never follow up on that either. Yeah, it's just the setting. This does have one of my favorite vampire deaths ever, and that's when the, the vampire servant is, like... He hides in the back of the doctor. <laughs> he hides. <laughs> he hides in the back of the doctor's car, right? And then, like, while the doctor's driving, he like gets up and like starts attacking him. And they get out of the car. They get in a fight, and like it's in the middle of a thunderstorm. And then, just for no reason, the dra- the vampire just gets struck by lightning and <laughs> and dies. I was, I was like literally wondering, like, what what just happened? I didn't understand. <laughs> What just happened? Can that oh, can, can that kill a vampire? Getting struck by lightning? Oh man! Sure, why not? I mean, <laughs> I, I guess Godzilla gets struck by lightning. Why not vampires? It's the same thing. I don't know. Well, the, again, well, depending on the movie, Godzilla either gets hurt by lightning or it makes him stronger. What's uh, up with that? Different writers. It's Toho. <laughs> Um, I mean, is that how we're going to explain this to <laughs> pretty much same uh, writer? It's Toho. <laughs> uh, I do think that this movie is, uh, on a visual level, probably the best one. Um, especially when they're dealing with the dream sequences and the, uh, like the, the paintings. Um, cause, cause the girl like paints like what she sees in her dreams. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it's got a similar tone and atmosphere as Vampire Doll, but there's a little bit more going on. Um, and you know, instead of just discovering that there's a vampire at the very end, you do get a vampire throughout the whole movie. Which, to to his credit, I actually think that Shin Kashida is a pretty menacing vampire. Yeah, I agree. Can, can anybody explain to me though what's the the rationale with vampires like jumping from heights and killing themselves? Yeah, that that's like a recurring thing in this. Like, for some, if there's a vampire, specifically a female vampire in some kind of like high up place, she's going to fall to her death for, for no reason. She's just gonna hurl herself off a staircase and fall <laughs> head first. Well, yeah, this one is like the weirder one because it's uh it's like one of the doctor's patients dies and comes back as a vampire and like a security guard is like chasing her across a balcony and all he does is grab her hand. And she falls backwards and just falls and off a balcony and dies. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it also it does have some cool scenes. I think like the the like little showdown at the end with the vampire and you know his grisly death are all pretty cool. Um, there's one scene I like where I liked a lot where the girl is hiding in a closet and she leaves the closet and there's a mirror in front of her and she looks in it to like see if the vampire is still around and she doesn't see him in the mirror so she walks forward and it turns out he was actually behind her and he just wasn't casting a reflection yeah that was a pretty sweet yeah um uh but yeah i mean that that's that's the lake of dracula it's it's like i said it's it's not the most sensical movie in the world and um it's it's 
pretty competently made. Um, the, I, this one, I think the visuals and then like the, just the overall atmosphere and a pretty cool vampire are what, are what makes it work worth a watch. Um, but we do still have a lot of borrowing from, you know, British and Italian horror movies that quite honestly are probably a little bit better. Um, and, uh, because this one probably operates the most on dream logic, um, it wasn't, I didn't find myself as involved in this one as, as the last movie. Um, but it's, it's worth checking out and, um, uh, uh, I would go for, um, two and a half, uh, geez, what's a good one? Suicidal. Leons. Ooh, two and a, two and a half uh, vampires getting killed by lightning. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say two and a half Leons, right? Doesn't doesn't she have like? Don't they they reveal that she oh, had a Leo. dog? When he, when the dog's little. name is Leo. The dog, yeah. Uh, yeah. Both dogs, though. The, the the dog she had as a child and the the dog she has as an adult. Now, what's the, like, why why didn't she? Well, pick I, a different I, name. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, every like we went through a few iguanas, and each one we we just named Ezekiel. So, like we got up to like five. <laughs> so stop killing your iguanas, man. Dude, they they were they were hard to take care of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- Aren't those supposed to live for kind of a while. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not if they're in bird's house, apparently. <laughs> Well, we had one that lived, I think, up to like eight years. Well, we had two that lived a long time. One of them had like a bone disease and couldn't grow, so it just stayed like small. And then the one that got really big, they both lived a long time. And then there were like three other like loser ones that just died. <laughs> Bird just like not feeding it because he's watching <laughs> vampire movies. <laughs> he just lays out a whole bunch of tuna and says, "That's a lot of fish." <laughs> That's how you're supposed to feed iguanas, right? <laughs> Stupid iguana monsters. Roland Emmerich told me that's what yeah. I should do. Yeah, I, I'd give I'd give this one a two and a half myself. Um, you know, it was weird when I when I first started watching it. It, it like I liked it a little more than the first one because I was like, oh, this makes more sense, and there's actually a real vampire in it, but. Just kind of thinking back on it, it also seems a little bit like the the safest one, uh, and the least sleazy. And so it's kind of winds up being the one that I would be maybe the least interested in revisiting. Yeah, this one doesn't have any. There are some good, cool makeup effects, um, but yeah, no, no, no squirting blood. I would go. I actually like this one a little more than the first movie. Um, I'd go three. I, I I actually liked the ending quite a bit. I liked the idea of the the vampires at the hospital. Um, I don't know. I, this this might be pretty close to the third one. Just like th- this and the third movie are kind of neck and neck for different reasons. Um, you're, you're both wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's still a serviceable movie um and then uh a few years later um i i don't i couldn't figure out why they waited so long to do the third one but i mean it's same director same screenwriter um uh some of the same actors same composer um but 1974 is evil of dracula um, now this one has absolutely no reason it needs to have the name Dracula. Um, oh, getting back to the last movie though, the bloodthirsty eyes, that's the yellow eyes that she keeps dreaming about. Mm. Mm, see, see, that makes sense. Yeah. uh, and then we go to evil of Dracula known, um, the ja- official Japanese title, the bloodthirsty rose guys oh okay that makes sense um sort of toho's international uh official title is evil of dracula for weird reasons that we may never know because it's toho um and here we have um 
a teacher who has been uh, just recently uh, relocating to teach, I think, psychology at an all-girls school uh, in Japan. And um, (laughs) for some reason, this guy who's, like, pretty, like, I don't know, like, normal-looking... Uh, like all the girls there want to like bang him. <laughs> I don't really, <laughs> I don't like, I don't really know why they're like, oh my god, he's so hot, and it's like, oh, is he? He just looks like a, <laughs> he looks like just your a normal guy, but uh, whatever. Um, and when he gets there, he's immediately kind of taken aback by some things that are a little weird. Um, the principal at the school tells him. The first day of work, hey, I'm sick, I'm probably going to die soon, and when I die, you're going to be the new principal. And he's, he's like, I mean, I don't know if I'm like qualified. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it, you're going to be the new principal. And he's like, uh, okay. Um, and then he also finds out that the principal is keeping his wife's body in a coffin, in a cellar, to quote-unquote honor <laughs> local tradition or something. And he thinks that's kind of weird. Um, and the principal says, like, well, here we keep the corpse uh, in the house in a coffin for a few days just just to make sure they, they don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> that's not strange at all. And so our, our heroic teacher is just kind of like, well, okay, that's also kind of strange. Um, and then he starts hearing about girls disappearing. Um, at least one or two girls dis- have disappeared every year. Um and then he meets um the school doctor who for is like obsessed with occult stuff for whatever reason he's like you know a lot of this stuff i think is actually you know he's like i believe it's true um and he said and they start investigating this principal and some of these disappearances and they find out that um uh, and then uh, our teacher he's seeing in his sleep he's seeing he's seeing or dreaming um the principal's wife and also a missing girl at the school is vampires um and he keeps being told he's dreaming but um he's he's pretty certain especially since he didn't know what these people looked like um so you know they're 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 trying to talk him into it being a dream and he's like he's pretty much just like i mean i didn't i don't know what these people looked like until like after I had this dr- quote unquote dream, and everyone's just like, uh, um, I will say the principal doesn't ever, he's really bad at covering up things. Um, and then once the cops get involved, they're just like, oh, um, well, just because this guy looks like this murderer or, <laughs> or alleged vampire doesn't mean he is. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is- I think it's the 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 cop too. That it, it, it's a guy who plays Ichinozi, right? In uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, he wasn't the cop. He's the vampire's. Oh. Yeah, he's the vampire's servant in this movie. Okay, yeah. So I think he's the one. At one point, like he hangs around this all girls school like a lot, <laughs> and the girls like go up to the the new teacher and they're like, uh, "We're really like creeped out." This like creepy weird dude is constantly staring at us and like leering at us and he's just like well why wouldn't he you're all so hot and <laughs> yeah. they're like they're, they're like oh good point <laughs> yeah, right. yeah yeah they're like this guy's really strange and he's kind of freaking us out and he's like well uh, can you blame him for staring it's like what and they're all like, "Oh, good point. I feel better now." Like... <laughs> uh, but yes, that is indeed Katsuhiko Sasaki, who was uh, Ichinose in Terror of Mechagodzilla, and also the guy that created Jet Jaguar. Bet you didn't know that. Oh yeah. He's um, also in uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Yeah, and he has like a bit part in Biollante, and he actually. Um, Duh was the voice actor for the um, uh, David Strathairn character in the Japanese dub of the Legendary movie as well. Hmm. The more you know. Um, he's the guy in King Well, he's one right. of the. I was going to say, he's the guy in King Ghidorah who has no business being on the time travel trip, but that's really all of them. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's probably the one that has the least amount of business on that trip. Because what was it? He's like a like he was like a physicist or I don't know. He he was some kind of professor. He wasn't like he's a big fan of dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaur, giant dinosaurs, attacking our boys. Take that, you dinosaur. Um. Uh, but yeah, he he plays the weird pervy assistant to to the vampire, um, who is played again by Shin Kashida. Who he's a different vampire. This vampire is not a descendant of Dracula. With so I mean, no one knows what's up with that title. But um, uh, in of like he's he's it's all white people though like that started this. Some like <laughs> Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right yeah, they they do say that like the there was like a white guy that like um like got stranded in a desert and started drinking his own blood and that turned him into a vampire for some reason. He abandoned and, his faith in Christianity and that that made him a vampire. Yeah. So I Matt, you are a man of faith, so you could become a vampire if you if you have I a change think, of heart. I think we just found what happened with Trump. It all makes sense. <laughs> he abandoned his faith in God and became a vampire. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, uh, this one is... See, now, th- when I rewatched... I remember this one being my least favorite of the three, and then when I watched it again, I mean, and it, it might just be because my tastes have changed a little bit. This one was actually my favorite. Um, this is the one that has the most... I guess, like, the most vampire... I guess action maybe is what you want to, maybe you can call it um and uh this one um is definitely the most like exploitationy um a little bit more on like the sleazier side um and that this one has a lot more blood um this one ups uh also has um uh, a lot of a lot more nudity um and a lot more like grisly kind of things going on like a girl gets her face cut off at one point <laughs> yeah that, that that was the part that was like whoa i was not expecting that <laughs> like what just happened and it's it's not really a gory scene but it is like pretty effective because they 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 show like kind of the girl's naked body but like the face is kind of the head isn't in frame and they just show like like blood like like spattering all over the body and it's it's a pretty stylish and and cool sequence um, and then I, I liked, um, well, the reason why this one was the bloodthirsty rose was because it wouldn't be a Toho vampire movie if there was stuff in it that made absolutely no sense. So there's like a rose, a white rose, and eventually throughout the course of the movie, it turns red, but like every time someone like touches it and like the thorn like pokes them like that, <laughs> It, like they still have to get bitten by the vampire to become a vampire, but I, in a way that like, I guess that's like marking them. Like who that happens to three different people, and each one <laughs> ends up getting bit by a vampire. And I don't really know that I don't understand the meaning, the meaning or the significance of it. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, just like the other two, it's very stylish. Um. And this one has a lot of cool stuff going on visually. There's a part where the teacher in his psych class is showing Rorschach blots, and um, the girl that had gotten pricked by the the flower sees like just like sees blood, and like there's like blood being animated on the on the screen, and that's like that was really cool. And also when they animate the the rose turning red, um, and then like, but yeah, I, I like this one like. Uh, as far as like the the vampire assistants in these movies, um, <laughs> the pervy weird guy in this one, <laughs> I, I like him more than the guy that got struck by lightning <laughs> in the last movie, and like he's just such a he's such a bizarre character. And I mean, it, not only is it fun for us to see an actor that we know well from like Godzilla movies doing something completely like weird, uh, but like he's it's just he's such a bizarre character. Like you don't really know what he does for him besides like get him things and like sit next to him and like he's just in like the when 
he meets his like demise he like gets pushed into a lake and like just sinks like a rock <laughs> and it's like it's like what was that guy's deal like what a weird character um uh and then uh so uh yeah this one ups the bloodshed and adds nudity um and this one this one's a little bit you know crazier but i found this one a little bit more involving um even though it it does kind of follow the procedural plot line of the other two but i don't know i just i just really thought this one was the most fun of the three um so having the two of you just watched it for the first time within the last like three days like what what did matt and jelly what what was your takeaway on evil of dracula I'm going to defer to Jelly on this one. If the score had been better, I would have really liked it, honestly. Um, this is the this is the jazz flute score. Uh, <laughs> so what is it about this the his his score in this movie that you that that was more I guess maybe more irritating to you than the previous well, two? The, the other ones are organs and uh, classical, you know, like horror instruments and horror sounds, um, you know, especially, you know, like pre-80s, pre-synth score stuff. Um, this one is jazz flute. Like there's there's something about that jazz <laughs> flute being like... <laughs> that like doesn't at all make me feel any sort of even like tension uh when like there's an action sequence i also think there were moments too where like there could have been uh some kind of score like building in the background to build some atmosphere and it was just silent um and and that really kind of knocked it down a peg but visually and uh you know character wise and um and just kind of the a lot of the other things that i look for in a horror movie too like you know uh exploitativeness and and stuff like that it, w- it was the best of the three for me yeah i'm gonna concur with jelly that the score in this was the weakest because it was very megalony is the best way to describe it. It just the the flute's all over the place. It's almost off putting. Like it sounds like it's supposed to be like in a in a sillier kind of movie. And this movie has I don't know, a lot more visceral feeling to it. Plus like Dracula's all about the boobs apparently. Like instead of going after your neck, he's just gonna like straight suck on your boob when he goes after you for some reason. <laughs> Wasn't sure what that was about. That was like a new thing. Maybe you guys can inform me about other Dracula movies that I've, that I've, and I know it's not Dracula, but other vampire films that I have. Hey, you know, this is actually the only one that potentially could be Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Um, (laughs) But I I actually like this movie. Like I said, it's on par with the second one for, for different reasons. What actually elevated this was that whole scene with the, the girl taking off the the face and then putting it on her own face—that was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that I, I I didn't even remember that scene. So when I saw it, I was like, "Oh wow, this is <laughs> this is awesome." Yeah, I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, so I, I'd I'd go three to three and a half on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm at like a solid three. Uh, yeah, if the score had been better, it'd be a three and a half. Okay. I'll go ahead and I'll give this one three and a half bloody boobs. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's our take on these movies. Um, and uh, now, I mean, for the 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 fans like us out there, you know, people that... Um, our fans of Toho monster movies, would you recommend that, you know, they, they check these out? Yeah, I would personally. I thought they were a lot of fun, especially if you like, as you mentioned, hammer, like hammer horror films. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of hammer stuff, but these are right on par with the ones that I have seen. Mm-hmm. And that's, I would say, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it to, to Kaiju people, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a certain, 
I don't I don't know if kaiju people would like this, you know, especially mm-hmm. especially some of like the you know, I know a lot of the uh one of your things that, that you guys are like kind of trying to do in the show is like expand people's minds a little bit and be like, Oh, you know, like break out of uh break out of just being into kaiju stuff and mm-hmm. like branch out a little bit. This isn't this wouldn't be like a a stepping stone. Okay. For that, well, you know? so okay. Well, let me because um, I know because I know. But exactly... I definitely think they're interesting, and I definitely yeah. think they they uh, bear you know being known a little bit more, and maybe being you know seen a little bit more, and that kind of stuff. Because like um, I had I had no idea that uh, like Japanese filmmakers were capable of something so European. Yeah, they're they're very European, and I mean, I yeah, a lot of British and Italian influences. Um, so I mean, obviously, we want people to check out other kinds of Japanese monster movies besides you know the same Godzillas or whatever, um, because it is weird. I mean, there's some people that won't even watch a kaiju movie unless it's a Godzilla movie, or unless it's a like some people won't even watch Gamera or something, even something like War of the Gargantuas. So. Now, now, would you say if you're a Toho fan who happens to also enjoy horror or you know especially Hammer stuff, then would you would your recommendation change? Would it be like okay, you should definitely check these out if you like these two things? Oh yeah, I mean especially if you're a especially if you're a Hammer horror fan. I mean. There's there's almost no reason I think that you should be a, a hammer horror fan and not uh, make it a point or uh, and make an uh, even a little bit of an effort to to try to see these movies. Yeah, I think if if you're if you are trying to break out into um, Toho's sci-fi or horror movies that don't fall into the the actual kaiju stuff. Maybe it would be a good idea to check out something like the H-Man or Matango and then go to the Draculas. That's a good recommendation. Um, yeah, I agree. Because that'll give you a little bit a little bit more of their horror flavor, and then, you know, you graduate to, to, <laughs> to something a little darker. Um, and then uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it, especially because you guys haven't seen it. Um, but, I mean, maybe an episode in the future we'll, we'll tackle it um, if you guys can <laughs> find it. But uh, there was a Toho vampire movie in the 90s directed by Shisuke Kaneko called My Soul is Slashed or From Dracula with Love, uh, which, is very, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is very hard to find um, when, like, straight-to-video movies were huge in Japan – um that was one of Kaneko's first like mainstream movies um and uh <laughs> to give you the kind of the rundown it's a horror comedy about um uh a, a a father who is like hated pretty much hated by his family and he dies in a car accident and um uh, a woman is doing like who works at a hospital is doing like secret research on Dracula's blood, and before the the father passes away, they're they're he needs a blood transfusion, and somehow wackily, um, is that a word? Wackily, I, I think you Combined almost wacky. mixed up like wackily and and Dracula, and you said wackily. <laughs> In a wacky fashion, uh, this guy's accidentally given Dracula's blood, and he comes back to life as a vampire, and hilarity ensues. Um, but it was only released on VHS. The only subtitled version of it was done by a mom-and-pop video store in Miami called Video uh, Video Search of Miami. And they were one of those video stores in the 90s that kind of dabbled in bootlegs and stuff. Um and there is it is floating around, but you it's damn near impossible to find. Um but uh I can try and see to it that you guys get a chance to see it. Is this is yes, this I, that where Dracula's blood has the heavy? Yeah, for so, for some reason Dracula's blood has HIV also. <laughs> 
So, uh, I mean, maybe we'll, this will be like a cliffhanger. Maybe we'll do a sequel to this episode and, and do an episode on that movie one day. Um, I can try and find a way for you guys to view this movie. That's all I'll say because I don't want Toho's lawyers to come after me. Um, <laughs> so I guess, uh, I guess that wraps up, uh, um, they're already coming. <laughs> yeah, I guess that rat wraps up our, uh, episode on, um, Toho's brief, but enjoyable, uh, run through the vampire mythos. Um, Jelly, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was it was an absolute pleasure. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, people out there can track this stuff down and check it out. All right, well, uh, that's that's all we got for this this round. Um, we'll be back next time with more things. So. <laughs> Bye.